1: kia ora everyone and welcome back to own the feels brought to you in partnership with love better where we're doing our damnedest to help us all break up better which means owning whatever we're feeling and learning how to deal with it as per usual, I'm joined
0: with Belle. Belle, how are you? Gorge to be here. Gorge to be talking about, as I mentioned in our earlier podcast, one of my favorite things to talk about, which is love, romance, and its devastating consequences on our lives and how we can be better in general about dealing with all of this. Ugh,
1: love that. Honestly, that's like it was scripted. It wasn't even scripted. Belle does love talking
0: about heartbreak (laughs) shut up about (laughs) it shut up about it woman I'd I'd hope there's like more to my character than this but I feel really passionate about this I have a lot of empathy for being young and like or (laughs) just being young in general empathy for being fucking 17 years old oh yeah or in your 20s and just like trying to Fucking figure it out and and um, make it make sense. Honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here we today. You.
1: We're talking about something that couldn't be more twenty twenty three coded. Um, we're talking about online relationships and online breakups specifically. And something that I was thinking about was imagine explaining. To a Victorian child. Oh, like, what? Your mind, the places your <laughs> mind goes to a small Victorian child. child. Imagine explaining to them like that one of our huge issues right now is how, <laughs> how to navigate your digital footprint when you've been in a relationship with someone that you might not have even met that's on the other side of the world via Snapchat and it's really crushed you. And imagine trying to explain that to someone that had no fucking idea what technology even was. I don't know, it felt very
0: funny, but also very, like, real. Therein lies the complexity of all of this. You've gone from, like, "Mm, a suitor wants wants to marry me into, like, navigating this idea of online, your online presence, your online presence. uh, expression of yourself, how that reads to a stranger. Yes, and like going on your own Instagram stories and like
1: watching them yourself to see so how <laughs> it's perceived from somebody else. We cannot sit here and pretend that we don't ever all do that. No, no, no. i am be pretending. the first to admit. And do you hate, not that I lived in these times, but do you hate <laughs> Not that, that I was a
0: young Victorian <laughs>
1: child. But if I was. No. So. But it was kind of like how you were talking about in last week's episode um, how, you know, even when you were at uni – the place to meet people in the wild was to go to a bar and then it felt really cool because it was like, wow, by some chance two Mm. people that are interested in the same things have struck up a convo. Like we don't have that letter writing or even the phone calls or the idea that if you've said you're going on a date, you actually have to turn up to
0: that date. At 7pm outside the cinema, otherwise... They're being stood up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think...
1: That is why our commitment, one,
0: kind of sucks these days is because we can pull out of things so easy. Oh, totally. And you talk about this all the time really eloquently, which is like low stakes. Low stakes. And it's like extremely low stakes, easy for me to like strike up uh, a kind of connection with someone through DMing like when I'm tired and lonely on a Tuesday night. Yes. Um, Whereas to use your Victorian e- era um, analogy, which I'm obsessed <laughs> with, I just keep imagining you as a Victorian <laughs> child. But they probably didn't have glasses. No. <laughs> I don't
1: know like, shit about that.
0: The gravity of it is so there, right? And yeah. and that's where we grow up with this idea of fate and serendipity and, oh, my gosh, if I wasn't in real life in this moment yes, and never met you, this would never have happened. Yeah. Whereas the internet has just, like, unleashed a kind of endless wild west of opportunities to meet people and, and form connections and none of that to say it's bad it just comes with this whole other own set of complexities which I think like as a society we're still figuring out yeah. how to navigate
1: I truly it's It is a wild world to think that we're, like, snapping and sliding and swiping our way into these relationships. And also when you were saying, you know, sometimes it feels really low stakes to strike up a conversation with someone and get a bit of validation out Mm. of it. And then it's like, what if to you that's really low stakes and to that other person it's like, I have been waiting for them to message me or I'm really lonely, I need someone, you know, Just trying to fathom the gravity of what we're doing online when a simple Snapchat to you could mean
0: the world to someone oh. else is, is a life's work. It's <laughs> a, a life's work. But you've touched on something so great here, which we mentioned in the previous episode, which was like different expectations and different experiences and different feelings on, yeah. on each end of, of an online sort of relationship or a real one but in this context an online one and <laughs> which like, can be
1: real for the record everyone yes <laughs> <We're> <laughs> no, ha- in virtual, real life digital yeah virtual yeah.
0: A um, zoom ship
1: <laughs> oh my god it's a lot it's a lot um have you had online or online-esque relationships
0: i um met someone traveling yes. and then they lived on the other side of the world yeah. and so we spent i think Six months apart, and then they moved there. Um, total disaster when you we, we when that kind of fully unfolded, but um, so and so we had an online relationship, not like in like sending WhatsApp videos and video chats and messages and stuff. And um, it was really fun because I was learning a different language, and um, the time zones were like total opposite, so it was really hard to like yeah catch each other on a live moment. And – I found it like kind of fun and exciting and then it's just like really I found it really hard to keep up over a sustained period of time. How I did that for 6 months, I don't know. No. Maybe I just really wanted to move to France. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be like a little Macon girl. That's the Wait, it's Italian. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Frenchies. read the room,
1: Han. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because even while we've been discussing this very briefly, we've just begun, but online relationships I think to you and I feel completely different to what they would have felt like 10 years ago to adults. Like Totally. We have a fusion of online and real life. Maybe yes. you meet online and then you hang out in real life or when you're dating someone, naturally you're messaging heaps and yes. you're seeing each other's presence online heaps. Yes. So it's not just, and we will get into this, what sort of – um. You know, we learnt at school of like online stranger danger. Every person you meet online, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very different, and that is such an old, outdated way of looking at online relationships.
0: Totally. I think you touch on something really great. For some reason, I'm thinking of the rom com when you've got mail with Meg Ryan, and it's like when emails like. Or yeah. chat rooms have just been invented and then they, not to spoil the pot, they kind <laughs> of like collide in real life but they don't know that's who they've been chatting to and so to me that was like the start of this kind of fusion of hybrid real life online collisions that mm. we live in and we we're sort of talking off air before about how often yeah, we feel like sometimes our conversations are better online cuz it's yes. just like our natural sort of form of communication which is is that weird?
1: I think it's quite Gen Z millennial. Yeah. It's definitely I don't have any online Relationships in a romantic way, but I, you know, I grew up in fandoms and online friendships were huge. And with Siska, I feel like it's an online relationship between me and particularly anyone that reads the newsletter. Yes. And And 3.5 million others. (laughs) And all these other people, but I feel like the newsletter people actually want to be in the relationship with me. The Instagram people kind of just want to troll me a lot of the time. But I do. Definitely agree. I feel like I come across a lot better online than in real life. Not that I come across badly in real life, but online. You come across
0: incredibly in real life.
1: (laughs) But there's just something that's so low stakes about it or so confidence giving. I don't know about being online and like it's easier to be funny or witty. or I don't even know what it is. Yeah. But – yeah to your question I don't know if that's a weird thing or a new thing but I do know that it must be confusing to have an online relationship and then break up and then maybe you've not even met the person and again you're trying to
0: reconcile what how much of it was real I definitely feel like I have online anxiety which is like if I'm crushing on someone and maybe we're messaging I'm like quite and I know this isn't possible at all the time but like quite keen to see them fairly soon mm. this is also because I'm extremely impatient yeah. but um because I'm so wary of that yes. and I also like get really nervous about them building up this picture of me in my mind on their mind before they meet me and then you get you hang out and it's been weeks, amount of days, weeks, months, and you, and there's, like, nothing to talk about? Or yeah. yeah. oh, oh it's,
1: it's, it's still brave. I'm afraid. <laughs> it's still brave that you, like, want to do, and good, actually, healthy, that you want to do the, the meeting up really early in the chat stage. Um, for anyone that needs a definition mm. of an online relation, we're mostly chatting about relationships that live predominantly online here. So a lot of the stories that we've got are people that have met sort of in the digital world right now over 300 million people use dating apps worldwide and so it really felt quite redundant especially as this is a podcast for young people specifically it felt redundant not to do an episode about online breakups Ugh. when because i feel like this is something that has been ignored in pop culture and in, I don't know, any resources we've ever had about breakups, which has mostly been shitty movies that are like (laughs) With Justin
0: Timberlake. Yeah.
1: And so I I think pop culture has done a really, really poor job of catching up with the realities of online relationships because if I think of the only thing I've really seen for online relationships, it's been catfish, which has only Mm. shown them as these awful, scammy, I mean sometimes it works out. Okay, in the end, but the whole premise of the show is that you're being catfished, you're being scammed, and this relationship can't be real, and it's kind of making fun of the idea of meeting someone online, when for a lot of people, for a myriad of different reasons... It's the maybe the only way that they can get
0: into a relationship or communicate with people. Totally. For so many different re- reasons, whether that's like geographic yes. things, neurodivergent yes. things, like whatever. Maybe you have hobbies that are online yes. based and that's where those people congregate. I would say the one like piece of pop culture that, started to kind of cover this was that short story that was published in the New Yorker called cat person. Mm. And um, I won't go into too much detail about it, but I think it was the first thing I'd read. And I think that's why it went so viral about that encapsulated this like incessant kind of um, romanticizing in an online relationship. And it sort of traces the course of this Mm. dynamic over um I'd say like a couple of weeks or a month and the sort of like crushing end to it and I think for the first time it opened up in pop culture like that these relationships are happening and it's not just like older divorced people going on um like match.com to like find a new partner later in life it's like It sort of gave relevance to the types of online relationships that we're having and and how there's like so many different ways in which it expresses itself.
1: Yeah. And think about how many relationships sort of started over DM slides, or, Mm. you know, you see someone on TikTok and you sort of message them, they see heaps of that happening in this day and age, and not to say that's always the best because it's it's usually quite based on how you look and the persona you're putting online when it's things like TikTok or Instagram that yeah. it, where you're starting your relationships. But, I mean, then you go and get to know them and that's fine and that happens. But also a lot of people and like you said before, hobbies, like chat rooms about hobbies or discords or whatever or fandoms, mm. you know, they spark up these beautiful relationships with people that they would otherwise not have met. And we just don't really see that ever in pop culture. It's always like, oh, like those weirdos that like that niche thing, like they're probably well suited together because they're both weird. And it's like, no, like they have a really good connection. And just because they met online over this thing that they both love doesn't mean it's weird or they're getting scammed. But it also does mean that they have this intense thing that probably really hurts if it comes to an end. Because society also is like, that was weird. You
0: shouldn't grieve that. Totally. And to go circle back to your gorgeous Victorian child <laughs> analogy. People wrote letters. People have mm. always like used the written word to profess their emotions. And in your Victorian era, people would have met once and started writing letters. Like people did it over wars. Like just because this is happening faster and in an and in online forums now doesn't negate the kind of gravity that they can have in your life. So I feel
1: like to get a bit of a more well-rounded view of online relationships, at A less Victorian (laughs) perspective. A less Victorian and a less Lucy and Belle perspective, (laughs) we should probably do what we always do and hear from some of our audience members that have been through online breakups. So this one is quite relatable. It's someone that feels like they've come across better online. COVID lockdown didn't allow for very much relationshipping, but I found so quickly that when I'd start talking to someone online that a mutual had given me the contact for, the moment they asked to go for a walk, I'd back out. Vulnerability is such a hard thing for me, and a walk is simply so hard because I could be a different person online with confidence and all the security of not necessarily having to meet them. Lots of self-learning during this
0: time." lockdown was like such an intensely anxious time period. So I feel like we have to always grant ourselves grace for anything we did in that time. I remember I had like four exes come out of the woodwork, start DMing me. It was just like the whole world was lonely (laughs) and confused and like combing back through all their like traumas and bad things they've done to try and resolve them (laughs) or to like resurrect like... DM online romantic trysts, and (laughs) I think yeah firstly grant yourself grace over your behavior in lockdown lockdown. but I think um, again we talked about this in the last episode but being really honest is is like a very freeing thing so um, we laughed about calling it elephant in in the rooming but just this idea of like hey I feel really nervous this is kind of funny but like I'm really having a great chat with you Um, and then maybe figuring out like an activity that you can do in real life that doesn't make you anxious. Is it a coffee? Is it specifically walking that's kind of triggering to you? Do you want to go and hang out in like a group setting where there are more people around? Yeah. Is it like going watching a football match where there's like heaps of people or is it a bar or is it like what specifically about walking? Yeah. Is it you? And then I also think being really conscious of what about your projections of yourself online are different to, yeah. to real life? Are you projecting like someone who's wildly different or is it just that you communicate easier online? Because I, I feel like to be trying to be really consistent with those two people as much as you can, your real in real life self and your online self can help you resolve those sort of anxieties about being really different online.
1: It's so funny you say that. I remember when I was in my second year of uni and someone took this, like, amazing photo of me where I didn't have glasses on. I had, like, a full face of makeup. My hair was fully straight. It was pulled back into a ponytail, just very not like how I look at all, and it just happened to be, like, you know, great lighting, and I was sitting at a weird angle that was, like, really good for me, and I made it my profile picture and then – got, like, all this validation and all these comments and whatever. And I changed it really quickly afterwards because I remember saying to my friends, this just doesn't look like me in the slightest. This is not me. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this being my online, like, expectations of me. Totally. And I was like, I'm not even wearing fucking glasses in this photo. (laughs) This is – and I have worn these since I was three. What am I doing? That is not me. And it's it was a really – It was kind of, when I look back on it, a big moment for my confidence of trying to portray myself as authentically as possible online, as matching of me in real life. So it's really interesting that you said that because I hadn't thought of the idea for this podcast specifically that we should be encouraging people to try and match up what they're putting online with who they truly feel inside, because it can be so easy to use the face tuned one or use,
0: you know, use the hot pick, yeah, or like totally. And I think it's important to acknowledge like that's not an easy thing, no, because it's such a, a kind of. Human tendency, especially with dating apps, Oh. it's like pick four photos that like- express you. I'm like, are you serious? Um, worn-out woman, me yeah. in my I'm pajamas, in my yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me trying to sleep, me drinking too much coffee, and <laughs> yeah. me at work. It makes me sound super boring, but um, I think like. Being really aware of that has been, I found, super useful. And I, like I said before, acknowledging like that's not an easy thing to no. do. And, and it's I, a really good tip. I it's feel, a really good aim. It's a really good goal. It's a good quest, isn't good it? Good quest yeah. to get to that point where you're self aware enough. And it's not about like divulging your whole self online no. or um, f- like concepting a personal brand for you. No. But I think it's about like, would I do this in real life? Yes. And like, is this really me? Yes. And and what am I trying to portray through this window into my life? And who am I doing this for? That's yeah. always a big especially in our revenge episode when you talk about the
1: revenge selfie and things like that.
0: Oh my gosh, who that's am I doing this? Such for? a good question.
1: Yeah. I always think about that and I think about that when like ads get directed to me as well online. I'm like, who is profiting off of making me feel like I need this or making <gasps> me feel insecure?
0: Some, anyway, some man in a hat. <laughs> yeah, <somewhere. laughs> some
1: beauty industry that's already billions of dollars. Yeah, for them. yeah. Um, we have another story. We've got a lot of stories for this one because, as we said, pop culture hasn't really done a good job of talking about online relationships. Yes. And then when we came to ask about them. So many of you had stories about them and it just was like someone you were itching for them to be told. Yeah,
0: and they're all nuanced because they're all in different platforms and all in different dynamics. A hundred percent. I'm excited to hear the next one. So in
1: peak COVID, I met someone on Snapchat. They lived in Italy, whereas I lived on the complete other side of the planet. We completely reworked our own sleep schedules just to talk to each other all day and night. It felt like a movie. But at the same time, they were a few years older than me and right before my birthday, they were very much pressuring me to do things I was uncomfortable with. I ended things within two days of that happening and I was absolutely shattered that after five months of talking all day and night, every single day, this person would try and take advantage of me. They even tried to tell me that they were in love with me and couldn't be with me if I didn't do what they were asking. I felt like this was a really important one to put in because while we're talking about how beautiful online relationships can be, they're also
0: a place where you can feel like you're getting taken advantage of. Totally. There's such a dark underbelly to the story and, like, firstly, I'm so sorry Mm. that this happened to you. But it's also amazing how quickly you shut it down and could recognise that it wasn't something that you were comfortable with. And And also that you said something that we've been talking about on this podcast, which is romanticizing it. And it felt like like a a movie. movie, And like I think we have to get to this point where we stop thinking of romantic love as a movie feeling and that's coming from someone who loves to romanticize (laughs) parts of their lives. But it's because,
1: as we've been saying, all these movies are not showing us reality at all. So these movies, when you're saying it felt like a movie, it felt like... Friends with Benefits, or it felt yeah, like yeah. a Catherine Bridget Jones's yeah. Diary. You know, it felt like something that wasn't healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And and so I think being so aware, and I th- I am aware that that also sounds like it's stripping all the magic or the, like, fuzzy fizziness around crushing on someone and falling into something. But, like, we need, yeah, this thing about feeling like a movie can be super dangerous. I think also feeling like protective of what you send out about yourself is something that we should become more aware of like personally I feel I love mystery and so I love the idea of someone maybe finding me online and not knowing everything about me that's just how I feel safe online and I know that's different for everyone but I think the most important thing is when you're sending content and you're engaging in these situations you're like Am I okay with this as an audit trail or like proof yes. of this interaction? And it's so easy for those walls to come down faster in online yep. relationships because you're not awkwardly touching knees at a bar. Yes, But um, yeah, just being very careful with yourself around how much of yourself you give in these online situations.
1: Especially because we've seen what happens when – Someone takes a screenshot yep. and you have a breakup and, unfortunately, if especially if you're young and when you're young you don't quite understand the gravity of what you're doing, whether the gravity of you sending it or the gravity of that person sharing it, it can get quite nasty and illegal, actually. Mm. And so we do have – if you feel like you have actually been in a situation where you – have felt like maybe you're being taken advantage of or if it's leading in a direction that you don't actually know where the line is between appropriate and inappropriate, we have resources down in the show notes because sometimes when you are, you know, this person was 16 and it was on Snapchat, which feels very low stakes and very easy, it's hard to understand how big these things can be. Yeah, Really proud of this person for knowing what was okay and what wasn't okay for them and cutting it off but also just they had you know reorganized their whole sk- sleep schedules to talk to this person in Italy and you know when you're young even the idea of like a a faraway country is exotic uh, yeah. and exciting and and so to have feel like to feel like you've found
0: love or have that person using love over you is just. A dangerous thing. Yeah. And also, like, could you imagine rearranging your whole sleep schedule in real life for someone? Feels like a useful question to ask in this situation. Yeah. Like, if I had said to you, Lewis, like, I'm actually nocturnal now because, you know, I've met someone and that's no judgment. I think you would be like, whoosh, what is going on (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Have you been watching Grey's Anatomy and you're trying to become a
1: doctor? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, would you do this in real life? No. Then should you do it all the time mm. online? I understand making room for people. Totally. Also in the way that I often get Belle to come, like, wake up at 5 a.m. and do things <laughs> with me <laughs> but because I love of asking and I love it. <laughs> Um, But that story I just feel like very was very important to talk about because it shows a different side of online relationships, particularly for, like, young people, really yes. young people. So the next ones are kind of I don't want to say juicy because I feel like that flattens the people that have taken the time to send and send in these stories but they are quite interesting. Yeah, these stories I'll say. So A couple of years ago, I started talking with someone I'd known back in high school. They were very lovely from the start, a military person who was very attractive. But they were now a few hours away and only visited twice while we were talking. Even within the six months while we were talking, they would start saying that I should move in with them or we should get married one day. Turned out they were talking to my best friend and saying the same stuff to them the whole time. We only found out after the fact when they ghosted us both. I mean, at least you had someone going through the exact same thing to help in you. in the misery. Yes. But this is another thing in online relationships. You feel like, or well, this person felt like it was so low stakes that they
0: could just ghost you. Yeah. Or like, I was thinking about this analogy the other day. Like, you're in the room together, but you don't know how many other people are in the room. Yes. And that could be your bestie. <sighs> Harrowing. Harold. I know. And I just think like... The internet can also be really. I sound like I'm such a boomerang. The internet, the web, <laughs> the web, the, the World Wide Web, um, can seem really limitless for the lies we can tell and the stories that we can tell. And I just feel like, again, this comes back to trying to balance our online relationships with some version of real lifeness. ness. And um, it's such a, it's so dangerous. And I think what these latest two stories have in common is like. A bit of love bombing. Mm. And and yeah. people using love over you in that way is never a good kind of dynamic to start a relationship with. No way. But But wait till you hear this next story. Okay, I'm nervous. So this person,
1: spoiler alert, has been dragged along for three years. When I was 18, I first got Tinder and spent a solid few weeks having conversations with random people thinking they were the one. A few weeks in, I met someone and we messaged the first night until about 3am. This was the start of three long years of messaging every day, telling each other that we loved each other, planning the one day future where we'd like to have kids and marry. The only problem was we never met. They lived about half an hour away from me, only half an hour, Oh my God. and while I was always keen to just seal the deal, something would always come up. It got to the point where I'd be sobbing while sending long paragraphs about how I'm so confused that they say they love me and want to be with me but don't want to meet me. During this time, we, we both on and off saw other people, but even when I had a full-on partner, I still had this person in the back of my mind – Awful, I know. And would message them most days. They would give me opinions on the people I would see in my real life, but still tell me they loved me and that we would get married. (laughs) One day they told me that they had figured out they were actually in love with their best friend and that they were going to make a move. I was heartbroken. While I'd been seeing other people, this person had just been having one night stands, but always coming back to me and telling me how I was definitely the one for them. Once they became official with their best friend, they just stopped messaging me and that was that. I think more than anything, I felt stupid for jeopardizing my own real relationships when they dropped me when they found someone they liked in the real world. I'm over it now. I'm in a great relationship of four years and see that what I felt then wasn't proper love, more affection mingled with obsession and maybe early signs of phone addiction. But it was wild navigating a completely online relationship thinking I was the only one. I know now that this is something lots of people my age have experienced as the first generation to use dating apps. First of all... Great work on healing, and so happy that you're in a long relationship where you feel loved and you get to meet the person in real life. Second of all, great self awareness on the fact that you thought you were the only one going through this. It was actually a product of your generation. Totally. Third of all, Belle, what are your takes?
0: (laughs) Just utterly devastated for that experience. But again, holy shit, you've done so well to yes. Phoenix out of this. owned the fields, You owned <laughs> the feels in a huge way. You're a textbook case for own the fields. We yep. have a lot to learn from you in yes. this. Um, I feel like I just, where do I start? It's so buzzy that all of this developed so quickly and buzzy not as a reflection on you, but how messaging manipulation can happen yes. so fast. It's like normal real-life relationships like completely expedited, like gone running really, really fast on a treadmill because you can. Imagine not being able to message and you're like, cool, see once a week and how much more slowly things would have progressed. I think as well like them just – they just treated you so awfully. Like pulling out at the last minute is like so devastating. And I think this is tangled up with, again, these – Stories that we're told of what love is, and that love is complicated, but if it's right, it will work out in the end. And there's this one person for you, and if you don't make allowances for them to show up in your life, even after three years, like you're letting go of something, some incredible opportunity. And I think radically accepting that that's actually not the case is like such an amazing step in stopping these things from happening. Um, Oh, the stories we tell ourselves. The stories we tell ourselves are so dangerous. And I think, like, um, again, we're starting to see this a little bit more in pop culture, like normal people started kind of playing with this idea of, like, secret relationships that no one else sees, which Mm. is something we referenced in the last episode of, like... um, until you're in real life with each other in your messiness and with your friends and with your families or tired from work or in the realness of living how can you ever truly know is is such a conundrum Mm. that we face and I really really feel for this person who clung on to this vision of this person and what they might mean to them and 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 how like messaging helped them build this really full, deep story around them when at the end of the day, like they just had to let them go. Uh, and
1: I just, I love when stories have been sent to us with this much hindsight and they yes. have, it makes our jobs a lot easier when you have done the learnings and told us what you've learned, all of us listening as well. And I just am very
0: grateful for just the Really smart and generous people that we have in this audience. It's so generous because, like, it's not easy to tell these stories because they make, I think I said this before, like, you feel like a failure when something like that happens and it feels revealing and can often also be tied up in shame or embarrassment. Like, why didn't I see the signs and, like, what do I not think I'm good enough Mm -hmm. for? And you... Just fucking deserve someone to show up in your life and that's not a huge, like, expectation, unfair expectation to have on someone.
1: Everyone has sort of resigned to the idea that things like this are complicated. Mm. And sometimes logistically, yeah, but there are some things that you just shouldn't compromise and it doesn't have to be complicated complicated to make a sort of good story and sort of on what you were saying before we do have an episode coming up about shame because as you were saying a lot of us feel like you know we're failures for not making it work not trying harder failures because you couldn't love the person in the way that they loved you and a lot of that comes with shame and so we will be unpacking that but first we should talk about some tangible ways that you can deal with an online breakup. Um, so if you are the one broken up with, there are a few ways that can help. We don't have, like, quick fixes around here. We just have ways that you can build some good internal processes. First one, hard one. So Especially harsh. when, like, Apple Photos and Google Photos are showing you memories all the time. Mm. Um, don't revisit the digital memories. So social media, as we know, makes people and people that you've lost, social media makes them very hard to forget because they are reminding you of either the good times or the really bad times via Snapchat memories, Mm. Instagram memories, Apple, all the photo memories, and it's very jarring. So while you can actively block these people, as we often talk about, you know, blocking or defriending or whatever people that you've had the conversation with and you're done with, sometimes you actually have to get
0: rid of the digital footprints and the screenshots and The photos. Oh, and the messages. And it's so hard. And I've definitely been guilty of, like, sitting in my car on a Wednesday night, like, lonely and tired and, like, scrolling back through messages and just trying to, like, ring them of any, like, warmth and validation. Should I have
1: seen this? Like, they broke up with me, but maybe they wanted to do it four months ago and I just didn't see it.
0: mm -hmm. Yes. I have a very incredible friend who... Uh, after her relationship ended, handed the phone to another friend and was like, delete every photo of my ex on there. And and whether or not you want to go that far, yeah. like maybe you're a bit more sentimental, put them in a folder and like yeah. hide, hide, Lock hide it them away. Yeah. But again, snip, snip, it takes um, – A lot but I think honestly I do think it's the best way because nostalgia is also an extremely dangerous thing and Mm. when you look back often you only remember the good parts and not like the devastating crushing moments where you've driven half an hour to see them and then they've like come up with some rogue lie about having COVID or something
1: yeah and actually this is backed up by um, a study that was sort of done which looked at whether keeping or deleting the virtual objects following a breakup helped people move on and then when they looked at the results they saw that when people continually revisit the digital memories they are hot take not hot take (laughs) unable to fully detach from that relationship and therefore unable to move on you know it's and especially if you find a new partner and then you're constantly being reminded of your old partner that's just something that technology
0: does and is not that cool Oh, I yeah. yeah I hate seeing like photos of my ex come up on my phone because you're just like it's such a heart pang even though I'm so yeah. over it yeah. and in a really good place
1: but it's just like I didn't need to see that today on my way to do a pitch
0: in the boardroom Yeah, like, yeah, I
1: yeah, need
0: that to pop up on my like emo Friday no. or something I don't need like a gorgeous golden light <laughs> saturated photo of you from our like fun trip away <laughs> no. for me to like over romanticise what was was yeah. in a fraught time for us yes
1: yeah. um as we've talked about time and time again another thing to try and avoid doing is curating your social media feeds um in a way that you're hoping your ex sees it yeah. we've talked about this time and time again but it's just very very important and a big one um and i love that we talked about earlier it's sort of just Continuing to or really focusing on showing your authentic self if you do feel like you want to post things. Mm. We're talking about online relationships, so it's likely that we're all online and we will be posting things. You know, try to avoid posting, like, song lyrics and stuff to your story in the hopes that they see it
0: (sighs) and just focus on you. Yeah, or, like, those big messages and this, again, no judgment. We've all been there, like... Big kind of text heavy yeah. stories around, like, don't you just hate it when. No, don't shitpost no, about them. Don't, don't Everyone and knows wrecked. who you're talking about. Yes, Take don't it direct. offline or DM yes. a bestie and like keep it out of public forum. Do
1: that thing
0: that Belle said before, would
1: you do this in real life?
0: Yeah. And. Do you stand up at a dinner party? A yeah. At a
1: barbecue, a party? And yeah. Be like,
0: excuse me, everyone, don't you just hate it when. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or would you have that conversation with this person in real life because if you're going to put it on social media, you probably should have had this conversation with them, which is obviously, again, hard in an online breakup to maybe even facilitate these conversations logistically, but in whatever way you communicate with them the best or the most, it's likely that it will be a message if it's an online relationship, but you should do that. You owe them that. You shouldn't just ghost them, obviously. So, anti ghost. now we should get to the part, if you're doing the breaking up, Oof. if any part of your relationship has been in the real world, which as we spoke about, likely it has been a combo, you do sort of owe it to this person to, if it's safe for you, do it face to face. Again, it's the whole, would you say this thing that you're saying online in real life? And if you can... You should say it in real life. You just owe it to them. It's the compassion thing. You're in a relationship with this person, whether the world has said it's real or not. Yeah. It was real to you. Yes. You should be
0: talking to them face to face do it in a location that you don't mind ruining for the rest of your life yes. do it in. Choose, don't go to your favorite park don't go to your favorite bar don't do it at home don't do it at home like go just just feel very much remember that because then it will become the park that you broke up in and yeah and let me tell you <laughs>
1: You will be taking a detour for 20 <laughs> minutes around that park to get home. And then obviously if you can't do it face-to-face, there are things that exist like FaceTime or mm. Zoom. Zoom. a <laughs> like corporate breakup via Zoom. <laughs> Extreme <Google> succession.
0: <laughs> I sent you a meet link to break up, all good.
1: And then if you can't do that, obviously a message, but I'll offer them – you know a phone call like it just try and make it as close to real life as possible as we have talked about in the ghosting episode with online relationships ghosting is far too easy to do yeah but it's just an awful thing to do to someone or to have done to you so
0: especially because it's like i know you're online You're emailing at work. You're like, I can see you're like active in other forums or platforms. So the fact that you're too busy to reply is a total fucking lie. And I just think if there's like one like dating behavior I just love to end in the world, it would be ghosting. I mean, 100% obviously all of the like extremely gnarly behaviors (laughs) but like in terms of the way we break up with people I just think trying to have gumption and yes and and compassion
1: because it's so so common ghosting is something that comes up (laughs) in every bloody episode all these stories and then just once again because we're talking about online relationships it can be really hard to know where the boundary is um between what's okay and what's sort of taking things too far, whether, you know, someone is really persistently commenting or friending you or trying to c- communicate with you. There can be times online where you do feel unsafe. And so, again, we do have resources in the show notes for if you're just unsure um, whether this behaviour is all good and we would just rather be on the side of caution for this one because just online. It's it's a wild west out there. It's a wild west. I'm going to take your Victorian era analogy and just elevate it just into a different era. west. <laughs> so on that note, thank you for coming online and having a relationship with <laughs> us. <That's> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for crushing on us online. So fun. And I'm really looking forward to the next few episodes we have of this where we can unpack things that we've sort of been baiting on here, like shame, mm. and we also have a brilliant episode coming up, which is about all the lessons that you learnt from your first breakup. Which Ooh, is a TED Talk. I know, and we've just had it. some such self-aware messages, stories. I'm really excited for us to sort of round out the season with – Some good healing. But before we round out the episode, uh, we have some people to thank. Own the Fields would not be possible without Love Better and everyone who gave us their stories to bring these podcasts to life. If you're going through a breakup and you need advice or you just want someone to talk to, Youthline New Zealand has set up a dedicated and free Love Better helpline. Simply email lovebetter at youthline.co.nz or text lovebetter to 234. It's really cool that they do that. Honestly, it's an incredible service. I would have done this if I had this during a breakup that I didn't have.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would have done this if I'd had a big breakup. <laughs> I would have done this if it was invented when I was younger. Yes. So thank you, love better, and thank you, Belle. Love ya.